What is a summertime patriot? Y'all heard me use this term many times. A summertime patriot is someone who is willing to stand up for what's right and willing to take pride in their nation and stand for the rights and liberties and freedoms that we were granted just because we were born here. When it's easy. When it's popular. When it's fun. When it's cool. There are people that talk a good talk, but they do not walk a walk. When shit gets hard, they run. When it's time to make that hard call and say that hard thing. Well, it's don't rock a boat, don't cause drama. Well, surely it can't be that bad. Well, come on. They'll be better than that, won't they? And they sit there and they do nothing. And we've all been guilty of it for far too long. It's how we got to this particular part. Wake up! These are the times the dry man's souls, the summer soldier and the sunshine patriot, will in this time of crisis shrink from the service of his country. But he that stands by deserves the love and thanks of men and women. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What obtained too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. We seek fellow winter soldiers, because unlike the sunshine patriots, we stand by our country. Through thick and thin, doing whatever it takes to serve it, including exposing the crimes of those in government, in order to steer it back to the right track. Let it be told that in the depth of winter, when nothing but hope and virtue could survive, that the city and the country, alarmed at one common danger, came forth to meet and to repulse it. The term winter soldier is contrast of the summer patriot, who deserted at Valley Ford because things got hard. We were drawing the blood red line, have to be the winter soldiers now. We could be quiet. We could comply and live peaceful lives, but we feel because of what threatens this country, the medical tyranny, the silencing of dissenting voices, not from foreign nations, but our own government, it is why we must speak and stand. Remember the final line of the declaration that we mutually pledged each other, our lives, our fortunes, and our secret honor. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. It must be fought for, protected, for if trouble must come, let it come in our time, so that our children can live. Hello, hello, welcome to another fun-filled episode on Winter's Call Podcast. I'm Odin. This is Tear. We're kerfucked. Well, yeah. No, no. Look, I know that they don't know what I do, but I saw the list of fucking news from today. We are teetotal, unequivocally, jungle dick, up the ass, kerfucked. You want me to start with good news or end with good news? Fuck it. At this point, the news you have, good news isn't going to be anything more than like, here, have a pile of sprinkles on a flaming pile of shit. So, so do you want it in the beginning or the end? It don't matter. Let's go. All right. Let's do it in the beginning. Fauci dropped his letter of resignation. He will be out of the, uh, he'll be out of government in December. Curiously, right before 
the Republicans take hold in uh, in January, where they get put into office, he's leaving, thinking that that will save him from any investigation. We'll see. We'll see. Who knows? But uh, you know, so so that makes three in a week's time. Ryan Stetler's out. Liz Cheney lost, and Fauci. So that's the three. That's all the good news you get for this week. Now for the bad news. <laughs> you could have, like, I don't... What? What? That wasn't good news. I was like, here, I'm going to fart on you, and the only good news about it is the wind's going to move because it's really hot, but you're still hitting on a flaming pile of shit. <laughs> well, okay, if you want to look at it negative. All right, so we're going to cover all these articles quickly uh, or more in depth, but I'm going to do... so. For those of you who don't know, we have a we have a certain group, the Council of Fuckery. And every so often, I sit here and I ask them, I go, so how real do you want me to be? So I'm going to read you the set of texts for the headlines, and then we're going to cover them all. all right, <laughs> Ready? All right. So, okay, here goes, right? So we start with, they're evacuating Kiev. They believe Russia will attack uh, the Ukraine. On Ukrainian Independence Anniversary, which is the 24th, or Wednesday, for those of you paying attention. They are passing out potassium iodine tablets to Ukraine and surrounding countries. They found the assassin, and she's working for the Ukraine. And best of all, she's a Nazi battalion person. Pro-Russia Ukrainians are calling for vengeance after the assassination of Alexander... uh, I'm gonna for I'm gonna mess up his last name. Uh, anyhow, Putin's brain. Yeah, Putin's brain. They're calling for vengeance. Russia calls an end to all diplomatic sanctions and ties with Ukraine and with NATO. NATO says that any nuclear accident or war crime that has happened is Russia's fault and will enact Article Five. Now, when you pair that with the potassium iodine tablets. Yeah, this is not good. So, China, North Korea, Iran, and Turkey have pledged support to Russia. The British Army just announced that they're going to Ukraine. Their statement to their troops was this. Prepare your relatives. You are going to Ukraine. Russia arrested the saboteur. And, yes, they do have ties to Ukraine. uh, Intelligence, actually. Uh, Ukrainian leader announced a darker, more evil, or as he put it, nasty phase to the war after the assassination attempt. Dugan! Dugan! Oh, that's right. Dugan. I was was trying to run Alexander names through my head. So, all right. So, Ukraine crossed... Assassination's not nasty enough or dirty enough. It's like, yeah, by the way, that was just a parlor. We're going to go ahead and really fuck shit up. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Ukraine just announced today that they found one of their intelligence people dead as well. They probably... Never mind. So, Ukraine crossed a red line uh, this weekend when they decided to use a U.S.-supplied kamikaze drone at a Russian... at Russian naval headquarters in the Crimea. Okay. Now for China. By the way, this is all a series of texts that I just downloaded on everybody. So just imagine what they were getting like every 30 seconds. Ba-bam, ba-bam, ba-bam. 
All right. So now for China. Politicians decided that they're going to hand over their power to the military. The businesses were told last month to convert production lines to military footing. What I mean when they said that politicians handed over their power is that they rewrote the national defense law. This way they could provide nationwide mobilization and give the CMC or Chinese military cabinet control of capabilities for, now listen, global military intervention. In my opinion and others' opinion that Z is sick. And because he's sick and he's starting to get up there in age, he's viewed as weak. However, a successful invasion of Taiwan would quell fears and also help the economy. They have received support from other BRICS nations and are building a coalition to get rid of the U.S. dollar to totally make the U.S. petrodollar pointless. They're setting up, you know, what SWIFT was designed for so that you could sit here and uh, SWIFT would handle all the transactions. Well, when you kick nations out of SWIFT, they have to come up with their own because they're not just going to go, oh, you got us. We were bad. We promise we'll be good when you're talking with nuclear superpowers. They're like, hey, fuck off. So then we get, uh, so basically what that means is that we are definitely going to go to war with the BRICS nations and the coalition that China is doing because we have to save our dollar. Nothing will get the U.S. military industrial complex moving faster than threatening to hurt the dollar. But let's jump back over to Europe. Serbian tanks have now lined up on the Kosovo border. For those of you who don't remember the 90s, there was a there was a conflict there, and it didn't go well. Uh, let's see. Tensions between Turkey and Israel are ramping up. The leaders around the world need a war to stay in power, to build up their economies, and to distract the people. They are very aware of what they're doing. And the U.S. government, even though I haven't mentioned them by name, needs a war because Americans traditionally don't like to change horses in the middle of a conflict. This is one I didn't throw in chat, but I'm going to do this to kind of break up how serious we are, right? The United States and South Korea have decided to do military operations. North Korea does not like this. So they have announced that they're going to do a nuclear test just prior to the U.S. elections. Okay, back to news that I dropped. More B fifty twos are inbound to the European Union. Russia by that. <laughs> Why not? We're going to do a what test? Uh, uh, no, no, we're test? not. North Korea. Oh. <laughs> okay. Russia. So more B fifty twos. You know, nuclear capable B fifty twos are inbound to the European Union. As a matter of fact, one is currently flying back and forth over the. Uh, back and forth over the parts of Europe, like down to the Black Sea and back, right? Russia announced a military response against Ukraine and NATO for the assassination of Alexander Dugan's daughter. They said they're going to respond. Uh, I went and checked up on the flight reports from Monkey Works. That man is a saint to go through all of that data. Right. 
So he just put, uh, he just announced in one of the troop movements, it was very quick that he, so the U.S. is flying troops over to the Asia theater, mostly Japan, but also he noticed that there were some that have a destination of Taiwan, which means that we're putting boots on the ground in Taiwan. Why would we send troops? Well, here's the answer. Because China has announced to the UN Security Council that they are definitely taking Taiwan. So they announced it. Now, they're not going to announce that they're coming after Australia, South Korea, you know, Japan, Australia, the United States, none of that. They're they're he, they're not they don't have to admit that, but because they believe that Taiwan is theirs anyhow, they're just like, "Hey, just so you know, stay the fuck out of our way when we go take back part of our country." So <laughs> So those are those stores. So that's what I dropped on top of <laughs> everybody. So here's the domestic news that I didn't drop, right? They are introducing new ATM machines in America that have a palm scanner. They have the ability to read your palm print. Uh, it will be all about scanning biometric IDs, a.k.a. quantum dot tattoos. They're getting okay. you conditioned, huh? A.k.a. Mark of the Beast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mark of the Beast scanner. No, just think of it that way. Now, Amazon introduced that technology back in March of 2020 when the pandemic first came out. And I warned people. I told people. I said, when they start sitting here and getting biometric data of the palm, right, so that you don't even have to touch the machines, it'll already know everything about you. And Amazon was going to give you all these bennies for sitting here and signing up to be the first couple thousand people to test it. I warned people, do not do this. This is dangerous. And then when they started doing the nasal swabs up the nose, they said they're collecting DNA. Do not do this. I was a conspiracy theorist and a quack and paranoid. So I don't, I, I'm, I'm not the type of guy who usually says this, but I think that at this point I could say, I fucking told you so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm entitled this time. Uh, let's see, more domestic news. So we haven't heard anything from Biden since he recovered from COVID, which is kind of a good thing, but, uh, we're, there, there's kind of some shit going down and, uh, they're not, no, they're, that he's not saying nothing, which is good, but it's like the whole country kind of went, uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but but there there is good news. In addition to not seeing Biden, right? This is how you know that our executive branch isn't in charge. Biden has disappeared from public view for the past week, I guess, and Kamala Harris has decided that this is the week she's going to take a vacation for a week in Hawaii. You know, with her luck, with my question is, how do you take a vacation if you're not doing anything? Well, that's a good question. Can you can you take a vacation from doing nothing? Is that possible? Apparently. So, but with her luck, I mean, she is supposed to be in the czar of the border, right? 
with her right. luck, she'll take a vacation in Hawaii and all of these Japanese immigrants and people from, you know, South America are going to start surfing on Hawaii's beaches. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> the only thing I can think of. All right, so let's go back and go more in-depth. So for those of you who who just wanted to uh, just wanted to sit here and get the news stories, this is it, right? I, I promise I'm going to try not to throw more stuff in, but the details are important. For example, when they're evacuating Kiev, right, this is the largest... This is the largest movement of people ever since its founding. They are evacuating 750,000 people from Ukraine. Kiev admitted to losing 9,000. Russia says 100,000. But I've seen places where the total losses of this conflict are 200,000. So take what you want from that. But it is the largest and they believe that uh, Russia is going to attack on the 24th, which is, like I said, Ukrainian Independence Day. All right, uh, let's go to the articles. All right. So. The Zelensky government is proceeding with an order for the mandatory evacuation of the Eastern Front under the burden of overwhelming superiority of the Russian army. The retreat cannot be pulled out to be linked to a possible Ukrainian capitulation attempt in order to end the war by dividing Ukraine and save Odessa and uh, Nikolev for Kiev. Uh, he admitted in, uh, Zelensky admitted in his speech that the count had been lost. The Russian army has at least tons of ammunition. The total number of various crew missiles that now these are alleged numbers because I don't trust anybody that anybody is saying. I'm just giving you the numbers <laughs> that that they are that they're talking about. Like how you can have a disparity between nine thousand and two hundred thousand people fucking dead. I I will never know. So did you say nine thousand and two hundred thousand? Yeah, that that's the <laughs> gap of, of deaths. So. Uh, so Zelensky says total number of cruise missiles used against them is 3,500. The blows of the Russian artillery are simply impossible to measure. They are so intense. Right? And then he whined and cried. And uh, So this is the largest movement of people in the history of Ukraine. Uh, in, in particular, under pressure from rights groups that has not done enough to protect civilians in war zones, Kiev is undertaking what Deputy Prime Minister Irina V word describes as the largest movement of people in history, independent Ukrainian state. According to Politico, unable to provide security or basic services for nearly 750,000 people in areas where fighting is the heaviest, Ukraine's government is now insisting that they must be moved. This is a mandatory evacuation of Kiev. Over 12 million Ukrainians have been displaced by the war, most of them within the country. According to the Interfax News Agency, Ukrainian Army Chief of Staff, uh, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his name, speaking Monday at an event in Kiev, said children need to protect in many parts of the country, including the capital of Kiev. Uh, since Russia had first invaded eastern Ukraine in 2014, residents of occupied or threatened areas have received little guidance or support to leave or support for basic services such as water transport. 
They're left alone with their problems. Oh, I wish our government would leave us alone. So anyhow, I don't think uh, uh, they said they, they don't think the mandatory evacuation is a very good solution. However, they uh, the, they don't uh, see any other option. So earlier this month, International Human Rights Watchdog Amnesty International issued a controversial report. Controversial because it didn't agree with Kiev. Let's let's get that fact out there first, right? Accusing the Ukrainian government of not doing enough to evacuate people from urban areas and civilian buildings. Well, now they have to. <laughs> so the uh the people who flee will be given approximately 50 to 80 pounds upon arrival in safe areas and will be registered as internationally displaced in order to be eligible for ongoing monthly payments <coughs> under the new rules those who refuse to leave so if you're in kiev and you're like screw this i'm not leaving Right, will have to sign a document saying that they understand the risks and take responsibility for themselves and their dependents. The deputy prime minister also called on organizations providing aid near the front line to question whether uh, the aid they provide is encouraging people to remain at risk. I want people to go and get help from here instead of there. If they bring them blankets, waters, and uh, filters, that won't save them in the winter. Let's not forget that winter is about to strike. And people are calling, saying that with everything that's happened because of the droughts, it's going to be infinitely colder in the northern hemisphere. Right? This is what Ukraine is saying. No blanket or warm pillow will help them. <coughs> uh, now. Moscow says that they want negotiations. Ukraine doesn't think they actually want you uh, negotiations because remember they cut off all political, you know, after the bombing of Alexander Dugin's uh, daughter. They said they don't. So I'm kind of confused. Again, this is why. This is why I don't believe any side because we get contra contradictory stories. So, meanwhile, as advisor of the Ukrainian president claimed on Monday that Russia is seeking to drag Ukraine into new negotiations to give them time to restore its military capabilities and launch a new offensive. Russia uh, claims that uh, they want to freeze the conflict, maintaining the current status quo in occupied Ukrainian territories. However, they believe that Russia is using it uh, uh, they're using it to sit here and build up their forces. According oh, to Kiev, okay, so remember how I told you that one of the, uh, an advisor to the Ukrainian president claims that they're seeking to drag them into new negotiations, right? And then according to Kiev, there is currently no contact with Russia at a political level. <laughs> Even Ukraine can't get their own stories right. Like, okay, hold on a second. Right? Something so smells fishy. But here, wait, wait. We have a third part to this story. Ready? So, uh, Podolak, right, uh, assures that the Ukrainians will continue to resist and fight as long as necessary. It is a war for our existence. We have no other solution. Abandoning the struggle will mean not only the destruction of the Ukrainian state, but also all of its citizens. 
So explain to me how. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like just, just right. Okay. In other words, they want to fight. They want money, but the European Union has stopped sending money to Ukraine. Well, if the European Union's not sending them money, why the fuck are we? <laughs> right. Do you realize that they they stopped sending? They only sent a, a fraction of what they've sent to Ukraine to Kentucky, even though Kentucky's got multiple areas that have just been wiped off the map. And we're not even getting started in Las Vegas or any other places that have been flooded over the last couple of weeks, right? Just one small place, right? We're going to go with Kentucky. Okay. They can't. They can't get any funding because there's not enough funding in the emergency fund, and they can't justify that they actually need it. I'm sitting here going, okay, fine, Kentucky, do me a favor. Declare war on Russia. Kentucky? No, I mean, we can get $40 billion for doing jack shit. Fair? It's ridiculous. All right, so let's go to the... uh... Kiev trembles on October 24th. So Russia fired rockets at towns in west uh, west of Europe's largest nuclear power plant. Now, they're holding this. The, the countries... So there are countries that are sharing potassium iodide tablets with Ukraine and other countries. They're giving out medication. Regardless of what the news in the United States is telling you, Understand that when governments give away medications and say, do not die, they're probably fucking lying to you. (laughs) Yeah. um... Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about. So Ukraine and Russia blamed each other for the bombings. Right. Some of which targeted the factory, which was seized by Russian forces. Right. Uh, But they've had it since February. Right. So all of a sudden now Russia's going to bomb itself. I don't fucking think so. So overnight volleys of Russian rockets hit uh, Nikopol, which is across the den pier from Russian occupied where the the Z, the zap uh, re, uh, reactor is. Right. Uh, Ukraine also reported a Russian missile strike in v- these towns, I swear. Google Translate does not help. And not you, from the uh, country's second largest nuclear power Do you remember the game Big Boggle? Yeah. Okay, so I want you to take out all the vowels except for I. And I want you to stick all the consonants, one vowel, and shake the shit out of that, throw it on the table, get everything back. That is the name of that town. Vosnesnik. Ukrainian President uh, Vladimir Zelensky warned of the risk of more serious attacks ahead of the 31st anniversary of Ukraine's independence from Soviet rule the day after Wednesday. Local authorities in Kiev have banned large public events, rallies, other gatherings, planned a connection with the anniversary in the capital from today until Thursday due to possible rocket. They think they're going to get pounded, right? Due, uh, according to documents relieved by the Kiev military administration and signed by its head, Mykola Zernov, 
Zelensky said Moscow could try something particularly bad ahead of August 24th, which also marked six months since the start of the Russian invasion. Zelensky said he had discussed all threats with his French counterpart Emmanuel Macron and that the messages had also been sent to other leaders in Keen, including Turkish President Recep Tayyip uh, Erdogan and UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres. Now, with all of that being said, Turkey and France also relayed messages that Russia ain't fucking playing. Because they both understand <laughs> they have been in politics longer, but, you know, all of Ukraine's partners have been informed about what the terrorist state may be preparing for this week. He is referring to Russia as a terrorist state. Now, remember what Russia said they would do to Europe, or to London, and the United States if they called them a state sponsor of terror, right? Zelensky just called them. <laughs> Zelensky said in his nightly video message referring to Russia. In its morning briefing, Ukrainian general staff said Russian forces advanced into the Loganotne region in the direction of the city of Mykolov, a major target in the south. Ah. <sighs> Here's the Ukrainian uh, Secret Service official who'd been killed. Why are you not translating? There we go. All right. A top official Ukrainian Secret Service found dead in his home on Saturday night. According to local media, the unfortunate man was found dead by his wife in their apartment. Uh, he suffered gunshot wounds. Well, it could have been a Clinton. <sighs> he was head of the SBU, the Secret Service of Ukraine. You know, he could have knowledge that could bring down the Clintons. I'm just saying. Ukrainian's attorney general's office confirmed. You, you know, if Ukraine had said, look, we didn't send any assassins to go get rid of Alexander Dugan and his daughter. But we did inform the Clintons that he had information. Everybody would have laughed. It still would have been horrible. Right. But, uh. But that would have been more uh, palatable. Right. All right. So Ukraine Attorney General Office confirmed that the death while a police investigation in the incident had been lost or had been launched. Right. However, according to a local politician, this is why you don't trust anybody. Ready? According to a local politician there, the man committed suicide. The claim, however, had not been confirmed by the authorities. Jesus. You just can't believe anybody. Well, the one people that you can believe are the Israelis when they say, if you, if you do this, we will fucking knock your shit in the dirt. Because they have been honest about <laughs> Like, they don't care. You may not be able to trust them for everything, but when they say, if you do this, we will do this, I would believe them. So let's let's go to that. I know it's not in the rundown, but I'm going to do it because I can only look at so much Ukrainian fucking Russia shit before I just want to go, shut up! So a Hezbollah attack, uh, Israel says, a Hezbollah attack on the Karish gas field in the eastern Mediterranean will lead to a new war between the Lebanese Shiite group and Israel. Joy. 
Yeah. Well, remember, Lebanon and Israel are still technically officially at war. They're holding negotiations under the auspices of Washington. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> to settle their border dispute and remove, uh, I guess we're going to war there. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember the the Robin Williams comedy skit about um, women? Women in politics. And he says, uh, "Look at look at the Iron Lady, you know Margaret Thatcher. So ugly to look at, but when she said, you know, I will sink your shit, <laughs> she did. Like that's exactly the same expect you can get from Israel. If Israel goes, I will fuck you up. They mean it, and they mean it painfully. Like <laughs> they're gonna make it hurt. Well, the problem is that in July, Israel military intercepted unarmed drones." that were sent by Hezbollah towards the oil field. So they shot them down, right? And now they're like, okay, look, dude, we made it clear. If you sit here and come after, like, it's, the oil field is not in disputed territory. It's south of it, right? There's no question, right? The the oil field produces natural gas when it's ready to produce, right? If you say, because they're still building it, right? Israel is both ready to protect his assets and reach an agreement with the Lebanese government. Mm. So they ain't fucking playing around. Don't sound like it. All right. What was our next story? Hold on. Let me go. All right, the next story. So they found the assassin. Uh, I would show you a picture. I'm looking for a picture. Nobody else can see the picture, but you will see her look at it and be like, whoa. So <laughs> is this going to be one of those, like, I'm going to need bleach and have to go talk to someone? <laughs> no. It's... It's, a thing, it's a good thing they can't see it. I've got that whole Adolf Hitler hair going on. Uh, I cannot find the picture. Maybe they pulled it down. The freedom is idiotic. So they arrested a subject to sabotage. It's former Ukrainian officer who was monitoring Russian military flights at the airport. Weapons, components for the manufacture of explosive manuals for the use of the military arsenal were found on her while symbols of the Ukrainian terrorist regime were found in her house. Right. terrorist no okay never mind i'm not i'm not i'm not gonna do it oh no this is the saboteur story no wonder i can't find the picture of her all right so there was a sabota- uh, saboteur that they captured right uh the manufacture of explosives military arsenal symbols of ukrainian terrorist regime found in the house right right it they were targeting the zap nuclear reactor why? It's like you gave kids Roman candles and bottle rockets and said, "Hey, whatever you do, don't shoot each other with them." Like if you hadn't thought, hadn't said it, they probably wouldn't have done it. But now everybody's like, "Hey, let's play with fucking nukes." Right? Hey, wait, you're going to go after you're going to go after Russia no matter what we do? Seriously? <laughs> 
Uh, so they found out that um, they found out that it was detonated remotely. So they knew. Stupid. No, no, they knew who they were going after. I mean, it's possible that she wanted to get both of them, but they knew. Well, they knew uh, it was in the car, so it wasn't. It wasn't like a pressure plate or something that couldn't be stopped. It wasn't an, you know. Yeah, it was, was just the wrong place, wrong time. If they remote detonated, they saw her get in the car. Now, according, now according to Ukraine, she was on their blacklist. She's viewed as a Russian propagandist, so they were going to go after her no matter what, right? But here's oh, my uh, 29. God. She was every bit her father. Now, here's what scares me the most about this. Let's talk about the assassination. Here's what scares me the most. If they could have gotten Alexander, I don't think for a second they would have hesitated or, or felt bad. Right? But... Here's the problem. By not taking out Alexander, by just taking out Daria, you took a man who had a very powerful voice, very extremist views, like super ultra-nationalist, traditionalist Russian, who believes in a one Russian policy and whose tactics were used for the Ukrainian war in 2014 and here. By killing his daughter, you're amplifying his voice. You made her into a martyr. And now you have a man who is hurt and pissed off. The Ukrainians have decided that they're going to sit here. The Ukrainians who are pro-Russia have already clamored for vengeance against Ukraine for this senseless attack. She was a journalist, which should scare the shit out of everybody. Because they're not targeting just politicians or military. Now they're targeting journalists and philosophers. Because the same people who targeted and put him on the blacklist, the Ukrainians, are the same people who say that Alex Dugan doesn't mean anything and his influence is falling. Pick one, motherfucker. You don't assassinate a failing politician. He's not, not like even that. a politician. He's a philosopher. Yeah, but if, if he doesn't mean anything, you don't attack something that someone doesn't mean anything. Exactly. That's... Now, there was... There was thought that, hey, maybe, maybe this person, uh, maybe the, the, the killer, right, was from Russia itself, right? Uh, I'm trying to, I've got one picture of her. It's not her ID, but here, I will show you, right? When you see it, don't name anybody, but we know somebody, <laughs> we know somebody, I'm just saying. Okay, Don't say me, nothing. Let me see. I promise to behave. <laughs> 
Don't say nothing. <laughs> oh, shit. Told you. <laughs> well. So, all right, next story. I've got so many of them, it's hard to keep track. That's why I put them on the thing. But, okay, so... Let's go to the Ukraine. Uh, let's go to the UK. All right. So the UK, the British military is now officially advised to prepare for a possible military deployment in Ukraine to join the conflict against Russia. In addition, the British military were also advised to start preparing their loved ones for such a deployment. This was stated by Warrant Officer Carney, the highest-ranking military, uh, British military non-commissioned officer. In particular, the military, he said, should prepare their families for the possible deployment of British soldiers to Ukraine to fight Russia in an armed conflict that has been ongoing for six months. I want everyone to check that we are physically fit, and it is also important to prepare our families and loved ones who often have the most difficult roles in our absence. Uh, Carney wrote in his article for Soldier Magazine, find support numbers and relevant people who can help, such as welfare officer, a minister, and... <laughs> He explained that this is very important since military personnel being on a business trip may not be in contact for a long time. <coughs> so this does not mean that the army is going to Ukraine, but the duty of any army and peacetime is prayer for war in all aspects of life. Blah, 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 blah. He also added that given the conflict in Europe and the aggressive Russia, British soldiers it is very reasonable to be realistic about what would happen. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. So, there are so many twisted things that are going on, right? Prepare yourselves, you're going to Ukraine. But, you're not actually going to Ukraine. At least we don't think so. At least not yet. Okay, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> so you said that you're like, Jesus, make up your mind. All right. How about this one? So if you think that the UK is the only one saying stupid shit, how about this? U.S., France, Germany, and Britain support for Ukraine, concerned about nuclear power plants. They're asking for Ukraine to restrain itself in the ZAP reactor. Right. Boris Johnson, leaders of the U.S., France, Germany yesterday, underlined in a telephone conversation that it is important to ensure the safety of Ukraine's nuclear facilities. In their telephone call, Prime Minister Johnson, President Joe Biden, President France Emmanuel Macron, and Chancellor German Olaf Scholz underlined their unwavering commitment to support Ukraine against the invasion of Russia. They have stressed the importance of ensuring the safe operation security of nuclear facilities. Welcome. The recent talks made it possible to send the IAEA to the ZEP facility. Can We're we still going to support like you even though we think you're fucking crazy. Can we just, like, I don't know, set them down and be like, all right, look, what they need is some redneck mom. Uh, redneck grandma 
to show up and be like, I, right, I don't give a shit why you're fighting. Y'all can fight all you want, beat yourselves black and blue, don't give a damn. But you see those nuclear reactors over there? Don't you fuck with them. <laughs> Fair. You would think this would be common sense. But that's what we need. Is somebody be like, all right, fuck off. Y'all get in the ring, kill each other, don't care. Don't fuck with that. You know, I was looking at it. It's like if they if they actually do manage to blow any of them up, you know the rest of them are going to go. Europe's going to be under a green cloud. Yeah, nine countries. I forget the exact number, but... Yeah, but imagine if all of them go up. Oh, you blew up my shit. Well, I'm going to blow up your shit. Well, you blew up each other's shit. Now we're going to blow up everybody else's shit. So... So remember how I talked about how they were going to declare war on the U.S. dollar? Mm -hmm. Right. So Russia has totally disconnected from the West. Right. They switched from SWIFT to a new payment system. Because uh, they, they needed an interbank payment system, uh, which is more secure uh, mechanisms for transferring financial well, can information. Can you blame them? Not that long ago, they just locked all of the, the Russian people's you know, bank accounts down for no other reason than one particular bank got pissy about it. They didn't lock them down. They made $160 billion dis-a-fucking-peer. When they sit here and cut off Russia, they removed $160 billion U.S. dollars disappear from the market. Countries that don't see that much money in a lifetime are going, oh, fuck. So they're looking for ways to get away from Because if you can just go, okay, we're going to sanction and kick you out. They never, ever should, should have removed Russia from the SWIFT system. Because the Russians aren't stupid. They just sent all their shit to fucking Turkey and said, hey, do this for us. And Turkey went, okay. It totally circumvents Western sanctions, right? Plus, they've got the BRICS nations, right? They sit here and they've got all these other nations they can sit here and be like, nope. And, you know, the United States is, doesn't have their hands clean of stupid uh, bullshit anyhow. It's just it's boggling. Like a second, like when you, it's no wonder you're gonna you're gonna make a lot more enemies, or not even enemies, but you're gonna make people that would have supported you walk away. Nations that would have supported you are going to be like you're not you're not secure anymore. There's no reason for me to put my neck on the line for you. Now when Russia and BRICS or whatnot offer me X Y Z, and there's the only thing I do is not fuck with them. Yeah. So in July of 2022, we're going to go to Russia, or we're going to go to China. In July of 2022, businessmen came out and uh, people that were making medical equipment and all that stuff, right, were, at, were told by the CMC, the Chinese military uh, cabinet, uh, to convert their production lines in China so that they could produce items for the military, right? 
Uh, a bunch of other uh, businessmen also said the same thing. In addition, Chinese academics argue that the ongoing expulsion of foreign colleagues from China's universities appears to be preparing for hostilities. They're going to war and they're not hiding their efforts. So amendments, to, technically the military runs everything in China. Anyhow, the Communist Party does, right? But the Chinese military cabinet uh, is all powerful. But the amendments to the National Defense Act that brought in, to, they have forces, uh, it forced transfers powers from politicians to military officials. The amendments reduced the role of the central government state council by shifting power to the CMC. Right, the Communist Party Central Military Committee. I'll just say CMC from now on because I don't like that fucking acronym. Specifically, the State Council will no longer supervise the mobilization of People's Liberation Army. Uh, the military now runs everything. Right, uh, The CMC is now formally responsible for formulating national defense policy and principles, while the State Council becomes mere implementer providing support to the military. Uh, basically, the amendments uh, are telling you that they're getting ready for war quickly, right? The recent changes to Chinese national defense law that reduce state council's power are largely political posturing because they're in charge of anything anyhow, right? right. They're always the highest authority about war and peace. But why then do we care about the amendments being changed? Basically, it demonstrates China's ambition to achieve, and this is the quote, ready? Nationwide levels of military mobilization to wage wars and give the CMC formal authority to control future Chinese capabilities for global military intervention. The revised national defense law also incorporates the idea that everyone should participate in national defense. All national organizations, armed forces, political parties, civics groups, enterprises, social organizations, and other organizations should support and participate in the development of national defense, fulfill national defense tasks, and carry out national defense missions in accordance with the law. For the past 40 years, the Chinese Communist Party has been preparing for a war that they knew was coming as now accelerating its plans. The party being ready for battle leaves nothing to chance. On April 22nd, finance ministry and central bank officials met with the representatives of dozens of banks, including HSBC, to discuss what Beijing might do if punitive measures are imposed on China. The holdings of the emergency meeting are reported by the Financial Times as ominous. Officials and attendees did not mention specific scenarios, but one possible trigger for such a sanction is believed to be a Chinese invasion of Taiwan. <sighs> The fact that they even held the meeting means basically that they're getting ready for military action, right? So China is definitely going to go after, uh, is definitely going to go after Taiwan. The U.S. has, uh, in monkey work, showed the, the flight, right, is going to put troops on the ground. This does not end well for the United States. No. It does not. A war with with China by itself does not end well. A war with Russia by itself does not end well. A war with both of them and everybody else that wants to jump on the I hate America wagon. Because our allies don't trust us and they're not going to support us. 
Right. Why would they trust us? We left billions of dollars of equipment in Afghanistan. We made them the number one terrorist organization on the planet just by leaving all the shit. Yep. The former president of Afghanistan blames the U.S. for the rise of Taliban. And he is correct. 100. And it didn't stop the violence. I mean, we're still looking at Afghanistan dead and injured bombs by attacks on mosque. ISIS-K leaders are given, you know, a $10 million bounty that they say, uh, just it's stupid. Religious leaders being killed in suicide attacks. But Amnesty International says it best. The torture and disappearing of women is catastrophic. And the United States bears the burden of every single death and dismemberment and disfigurement that happens. When we were there. So the amnesty is uh, entitled, the, the report that they did is titled Death and Slow Motion. It is interviews with over 100 women and girls in Afghanistan. They revealed to the NGO that the Taliban threat, arrest, imprison, torture, and disappear women who dare to challenge their restrictions. You can say anything you want about the United States, but when they were in Afghanistan, women went to school for the first time. Women could remove the religious garb that they were forced to wear before we got there. All of these things. They had a level of freedom. And anyone who sit here and followed it, you had those people. And you know examples of these people. People who sit here and didn't like what was going on, so they would scratch little notes. And they would remember those names. And the moment they got a chance to get their payback, they were just petty enough to go, this is what happened for the last 20 years. Punish these people. We know people like that. They'll wait months, months and months and months, and then, bam, they'll say or do something that they'll bring up a slight offense from way back, even though it has no bearing on anything that happens right now. But he gives them some justification. It makes them look like some kind of polished paladin when that armor is full of nothing but white bleached bones. But they did. I mean, they, they didn't even wait. They were doing it, though, as we were pulling out. People were getting beheaded and burned in the streets. Yeah, they did it because they knew how weak that we really were. Think about this. We've left billions of dollars worth of money and equipment in Afghanistan. We've sent billions of dollars of money and equipment to um, Ukraine. We're getting ready. To, but. As we sit on the cusp of armed conflict where we are actually putting boots on the fucking ground, we don't have certain kinds of equipment or we're running low on certain kinds of equipment. I wonder we gave, fucking why. Because we gave it to Ukraine and Taiwan. <laughs> or the Taliban. Either. So I think, I think you and I must be geniuses. I, I never thought myself as a genius. Um, I have an ego. Uh, I've got I've got an ego the size of the balls that America has when it sees an oil rich nation that needs freedom. You use this one on Friday. <laughs> I know. I like it. I like it. All right. All right. 
But these people are either fucking stupid as a box of goddamn rocks, or they're fucking brilliant. Who? The people in charge of our government. Think about this. Either they're so dumb that they're giving away all of our shit, handing it out to everybody else like they're you know winning some kind of fucking prize, right? And then we're left woefully unprepared. Or they're intelligent as shit, and they're going, all right, you're going to owe us favors because we're going to give you all this crap. And then when, when it comes time to fight, we've got no way to, to, to stop what's coming. And they get what they want at the end of the day. <laughs> I'd, I'd much rather them be stupid, and I know they're not stupid, but I'd much rather them be stupid because you can cure stupidity. Machinations like that are something that you cannot, <laughs> you, you can't fix those easily. Uh, everything, our money, our, it's not even just our military. Think about this. We're sending over um, oil and natural gas reserves while our prices skyrocket. We're running out of food, but we're sending, you know, food from our strategic reserve to places. We're sending formula to our from our strategic reserve to other places while people in our own nation have a shortage and are dying. I mean, let let's face it, right? the The United States people in charge, World Economic Forum, New World Order. Fucking secret Illuminati, Freemasons, whatever. I don't give a fuck, right? Whoever is making the calls. I know, I know. I said Freemasons just to pick at you. So, so the whoever is in charge, they are geniuses. And I've explained why. Anybody who can score a perfect zero on an exam knows everything on the test and chooses to fuck it up. They're choosing to destroy it. They're choosing. There are two geniuses in every class, the hundred percenters and the zeros. The zeros do it out of spite. They know their shit. They're probably the gene, the, the biggest genius because they probably don't have to study. They think it's beneath them. And they score a zero to prove a point. But I don't know why we're surprised. NATO says that regardless of who causes the nuclear incident, or if Russia commits war crimes, that they're gonna they're going to enact Article Five. Thirty nations, technically twenty nine, because I don't think fucking Turkey is gonna bite the hand that feeds them. No. They're going to go to war with Russia over a country that they don't even believe in. For a country that has repeatedly just... Do you know what the acronym BOAT means? Mm, no. BOAT. Break out another thousand. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I think <laughs> that they're boobs. Break out. Break out our billions. Oh, for fuck's sake. We give them a billion dollars a week. Or, yeah, a billion dollars a week for the past little bit. That's what we've been running. We created the 87,000 
new IRS agents to audit Americans with the hopes, the hope of hopefully recovering. Now, I numbers are important, so so pay attention. They hope that with these eighty-seven thousand, that over ten years they'll be able to recover twenty billion dollars. Twenty billion. Uh, here's a thought. Maybe about, if you stop sending shit everywhere else besides here, you wouldn't try wringing out the twenty billion from us. Yeah, right. Like it's not like we saw a fucking return on it. Isn't the statement taxation without representation is theft? I understand that you and I both believe that any taxation is fucking theft. But if you're going to be taxed, right? The ideology behind it is if you're taxed, the taxes go back into your community, right? Or into your nation, right? You see a return on it. It's for infrastructure. It's for, it's for you know, running the government, things like that. When you realize the vast majority of all of our tax income, plus whatever bullshit they write up and add to the fucking budget like money is magic, goes outside the United States to things that we will never see a fucking return on. You and me will never see any kind of, of, of return on the money that goes to Mexico or Canada or Pakistan or Ukraine. We will never see that. We spend more outside of our own nation for other peoples than we do in our own fucking nation. In fact, the largest thing that we have, the, the largest expenditure that we have, I was looking into this, largest expenditure we have is a salary for government employees. And it's not even most of the government employees. It's when you reach a certain echelon of governmental employee. Yeah, but all that well, money. And we well, you you need you do realize that most of the debt in the national debt is debt that's owned to ourselves, right? Yep. To people who bought stocks and bonds, to people who have retirement, uh, social security, uh, Medicare, all of the all of these things, right? All lead to. Uh, most of our national debt. Now, theoretically, if they were going to default on payments, who do you think they're going to cut the money from first? Do you think they're going to take it from welfare? No. Do you think they're going to take it from Medicare? Think no. they're going to take it from Social Security? Yeah, yeah. possible. They're going to take it from the veterans. They're going to take it from Social Security. They're going to increase your tax. Oh, wait, they're already doing that, right? They're going to do all of these things to see, like, oh. You want a startling figure? How about this one? From 2006 until 2021, the total budget for the IRS was $19 million. All of it. They are going to receive from this, uh, from this uh, bill that Biden just passed, right? One hundred and forty-two billion dollars for the year. Or no, no, sorry, I mixed those numbers up. One hundred and twenty-four million dollars for one year. So you are spending more in one year. To buy them firearms, to be buy them night vision gear, to buy them expandable batons. Why? No, we know why. 
they're going to Al Capone all of us. They're not yeah. going to Al Capone. They're not going to Al Capone the people on welfare because they know who where they're going to vote. They're not going to Al Capone the people on the fucking uh, higher echelons of society unless they happen to speak out. Somebody like Joe Rogan. He they already they already silenced him. They hit his podcast on Spotify. No, I mean they're going to go after a couple of the people on the higher echelons, but they're not going to go after anybody else. They're going to go after us, the blue collar American worker. The majority, we're going to get fucking shafted because we voted for freedom, because we voted that the government doesn't have certain, just because of who we are. Why do you think they're trying to get all the fucking information they can? Why do you think everybody's been censored? Why do you think everybody keeps getting, you know, every, you know, oh, everything's collated. They're all, they're watching everything. Why? Because they know who they're going to take out first. Well, tomorrow we will discuss the censorship AI that is being implemented. Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, so, that was my account. Just a little preview. The tech people are going to introduce an AI that builds a tree. So if you think you're safe because you just listen, not true anymore. So what it does is it's going to sit here and find people that it disagrees with. And that everybody that they talk to, everybody that they communicate with, they are going to go through your Google photos to find out what you're doing. I have a story that I will bring up tomorrow. Let me write it down so I don't forget. Right? The story goes like this. And this is what happened. A man, during COVID... His son had a rash on a certain part of his body. Before monkeypox. So we know it was a monkeypox. It was before the monkeypox outbreak. He had a rash. He was just uncomfortable, right? right? So because the doctors weren't seeing anybody, the doctor asked him to take a picture and send it directly to the doctor. So he took a picture, sent it to the doctor. But because it uploaded to Google, right, a couple of months ago, Google flagged his account for child pornography. So when he wrote to them and contacted, everybody got locked out. The police got locked out. Everything. Everything, everything, everything got locked out. Now, let this sink in. He gets locked out and cannot confront his, they won't, Google won't answer him and he can't confront his accuser. They send it to the police. He explains the situation. The police have now seen the pictures at this point, right? And they agree with him. It is not child pornography. Right. The story gets picked up by the New York Times. They agree with him that it is not child pornography. But Google still has his account locked down and will not let him access it. Any of his Google photos because of those pictures plus a video that he had recorded six months prior to that event, but he can't see what video they're talking about because they're locked. But that's their justification. Welcome to 1984. So I'm going to I'm going to end this particular I'm going to end this particular uh, episode with a quote. Just so you know, we didn't disappear. 
We'll continue to make podcasts on the name may change, but we'll keep coming back. No censorship will star stop us. Follow our link tree uh, that's in the description of every episode. Follow our YouTube, follow our Twitch, follow our Rumble, though our Rumble's not working right, and I don't quite know why. I think it's because it's linked to our YouTube account, and they're really mad at us right now. Uh, and let's, let me read you this quote. Every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book rewritten, every picture has been repainted, every statue and street building has been renamed. Every date has been altered, and the process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. George Orwell, 1984. It's now an instruction manual. And with that, I'm Odin. This is Tia. And we'll see you on another episode of Winter's Call Podcast.